into the silence. We are now recording. Out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, as always. This is Abe. Hello. How are you, Aaron? I I like this new idea. How are you? I'm good. Uh, how are How are you feeling? Yeah, a little queasy. We just watched Bones and All. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready because we're about to talk about Bones and All. Oh, okay. Uh, Out now is a film podcast. We're going to discuss new movies. However, we like to have these special bonus episodes, and this is one of those. We're going to focus entirely on, yes, that's right, Bones and All, the latest film from director Luca Guadagnino, uh, featuring Taylor Russell and Timothée Chalamet. Um, I think I said that right. Say it that way. Timothée Chalamet. Yeah, I guess that's that's one thing. One thing. thing, That's the way it should be pronounced. Also, I don't think I've said his name very often. (laughs) Like, I feel like when we did our Dune review, it was probably the most I've ever said Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, uh, yeah. But now, now that I look at it, and I just keep having to make accent marks every time I write his name down, Timothy Chalamet. That's just <laughs> that's just fun to say. <laughs> I think it's actually Timothy Timothy Chalamet. So yeah, that's boring. I like my version better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're talking bones and all this week. Yes. that's going to be the main review. But before we get to that, let's talk about another recent movie trailer that has arrived. Okay. This is the week for Cocaine Bear, um, a movie I've heard about for quite some time, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it has finally been turned into a feature film directed by Elizabeth Banks. Um, it's produced by Lord and Miller, um, and it stars uh, Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Alden Ehrenreich, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Brooklyn Prince from The Florida Project, mm-hmm. Isaiah Whitlock Jr., uh, Margot Martindale, Matthew Reese, and in one of his final roles, Ray Liotta, as um, checks notes, uh, coke, coke crazy guy from Goodfellas version of Ray Liotta. <laughs> um, so this movie is based on a true story right. of a duffel bag that fell from a plane, landed in the woods, uh, and had a bear find it, only to ingest said cocaine and go crazy. <laughs> um, this movie uh, does not seem to be taking a a steer take on, on this subject and uh, is is more uh, focused on being this kind of black comedy thriller type film. So I'm curious, Abe, what do you think so far of the look that you've got at Cocaine Bear? You know, I saw some still images first when it was making the rounds on Twitter a few days ago. And I was thinking to myself, well, you know, it doesn't look great. The CG doesn't look great. And uh, the visual effects look like they're half done or what have you. And then I, I turned on the trailer, sat down. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm totally in. I know that it does. It's probably not going to be like winning any awards at all. It might be like the dumbest movie of the year, but I just love that. This is something that I think that you and I maybe both are on the same page about because we like the FB so much. If it's a dumb premise, but everybody is really giving it their all, it actually makes it an amazing movie. Uh, And so I just hope that this movie is going to deliver on every wild thing that I'm seeing here, including character actress Margaret Martindale wearing a big Ranger hat. Uh, and uh, maybe maybe getting uh, beat up by a bear. We'll see. But I I'm I'm very excited to see this movie and just hopefully with an audience that is also very game to to have like a uh, maybe like a stupid fun dumb time out. So here's the thing. Yes. I don't disagree with you, but the problem I have is that I know it's based on a true story, and that pisses me off. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I like I feel like if I didn't know other movies have been based on true stories that they've taken creative liberties with. I I agree, and I'm not even one that generally gets like upset over the treatment of animals in fictional media. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just doesn't really bother me. It's like, yeah, all right, the dog died, like whatever. Like, it, you oh, know, I'm not always like sad. that. I was, I'm not that mean about it. But yeah. I like 
it's not something that's gets to me in the same way it seems to get to other people with that in mind like i'm into a movie like this because of course we are like it's stupid like it's <laughs> it's, it's so like over the top not that absurd. we only watch stupid movies clearly not but like in terms of if i'm gonna go have a good time a good goofy time at a movie theater like there's a reason why this trail would pray before uh, violent night it's like yeah we get it we get the audience that we're you know trying to engage with this kind of thing but something about the fact that i'm aware that like a black bear actually did this and died just makes me feel a little like upset <laughs> just watching this trailer i'm sure this will pass but like I don't know why I had this impression that before I saw this trailer, this movie was going to treat the topic a little bit more serious than it did, than it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be this wild, over the top, you know, comedy. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of like, uh, like isn't this isn't this strange? Uh, mixed with like some genuine thrills and tension. Instead, this just seems to be going like the Piranha 3D route, as yes, far as being yeah. just insane. And it's like, okay, cool, I guess. Like that's fine, and I'm sure, like once again, and I'm sure it'll entertain in the way it was designed to entertain. But like, I guess like whatever I had in my mind just does not match up with like what I expected from this movie. <laughs> so. Aaron Newworth, party pooper. <laughs> it's not even like <laughs> no, I'm or... to party pooper. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying though, because yeah. because this is a uh, exactly what you just said there of just if it's based on a true story, then you know that terrible things happen to people and and maybe even to the, the bear itself. Uh, and so, how much fun could it actually be, uh, knowing this uh, these facts? Yeah, so you know, I, I I'm certainly curious. Um, I as as far as like how well it capitalized on being another, you know, piranha, snakes sure. on a plane, what have you, where the movie's in on its own joke. I hope that it knows how to make that work because that is a tricky yes. thing to walk as well. How to wink at the you know the premise. Yeah, uh, you know, not, like not even every... when you mention piranha and. Um... Anaconda and it's like Anaconda, planet, whatever yeah. else like some of those I cringe at some of those because some of those are, are very much like too overboard like even Piranha I think it's a little bit too overboard with how self-aware it is very overboard yeah <laughs> yes, um, very but overboard when I'm thinking about something like again like the FP where it is overboard but also like it's try it it feels like those guys are trying to make a, a serious movie or even something like my bloody valentine 3d where it's like yeah it, it's it's not the best movie, but also like I dig what you guys are doing here, um, and it seems like it's it's very uh, quote unquote pure. But this is also Elizabeth directed by Elizabeth Banks, and I'm curious to see her progression as a director. I mean, she's made maybe like a few movies now. She, she's done Pitch Perfect two and Charlie the Charlie's Angels uh, mm-hmm. reboot. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how how uh, she progresses as a director as well. Yeah, that's that's really all I got uh, for Cocaine yeah. Bear for now. Like. Um... <laughs> It uh, it arrives in theaters uh, February twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. All right, I got that out of the way. Let's move on. Let's get to our main review for Bones and All. I came looking for you. I smelled you. Can you could smell me half a mile away. Can you do that? Not that far. I got rules. Never, never, ever ate an eater. I thought you might be hungry. For hens? No. Who lives here? Is there someone dead up there? I'm not gonna be like that. We don't have many options. Either you eat, you off yourself, or you lock yourself up in there. We're dangerous. One of us. Jake's teaching me how to smell other eaters. <laughs> but we can hurt one another just as bad. Go, 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 go. 
unfinished business. You don't think I'm a bad person. All I think is that I love you. That should have been some of the trailer for Bones and All. While there are disturbing acts that go with this premise, the film is ultimately a coming-of-age story and a road trip movie. Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet star as <laughs> Marin and Lee, two young adults living lives on the run in the 80s. The thing is, they are two among a small sect of people with a cannibalistic impulse they are forced to act on. We largely follow Marin, who is introduced as one still figuring out this impulse. Abandoned by her father, she initially meets a fellow eater, as they refer to themselves as, named Sully, played by Mark Rylance, before moving on from this seemingly sinister man to the more stable Lee. Together, they have a goal in mind, but much of their actions will involve what they're willing to do to survive by the means afforded to them. The film, the film comes from director Luca Guadagnino, who's teaming up once again with screenwriter David Kaganich, following a bigger splash and Suspiria. Abe, I want to know your thoughts on Bones and All. I think Bones and All is a pretty interesting movie. Like, I don't know if it's the best movie because I think that there's some tonal unevenness, uh, maybe like even in the middle of the movie uh, about their their coming to grips with their new reality, uh, specifically Marin's character. But I think it's interesting in that if you take it from the point of view and the vantage point of a coming of age story, it is it's it's a pretty interesting coming of age story uh, vehicle to be telling of saying, hey, you know, you are, quote unquote, this this outsider and you really never knew yourself. And then here you are really learning about yourself and uh, everything that comes with it. And I think that what I find the most interesting is the interaction between uh, Lee and Marin, which does take up maybe like 60, 70% of this movie, um, aside from uh, other times where she, Marin is alone or with her father, played by um, Andre Holland. Andre Holland, thank you. I was going to have the guy from Moonlight. Uh, and then also uh, 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 Sully, the character uh, played by Mark Rylands. So that particular slice of life of them kind of just going through and trying to go on like this this mission of sorts to try and understand more of Marin's uh, biological upbringing um that's pretty interesting and then as they get into things i think what i kind of get tripped up on is are there rules to this you know are there seems like other people have other types of rules to their their instinctual behaviors um but uh, it was kind of difficult for me to parse that out sometimes because also I thought if there was a supernatural element to this, which would have been neat, which I don't know if there is. Uh, you can tell me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think there is. Okay, but if there was a supernatural element of like you know empiristic type of things, like that would have been an interesting uh, view uh, of things as well. But yeah, on the whole, it, it's uh, it is an interesting tale to tell. And I think that it's done purposefully and well done. And when it it does center around these two folks and kind of just their understanding of where they are in their own life and what they could achieve, it actually turns out to be a beautiful movie. But there are other things that I think uh, kind of not really sidetrack it, but it, it certainly adds to, well, I think it could have uh, been a, a maybe a tighter movie because this is like a two hour and five minute ish runtime Um which it doesn't really feel that way sometimes, but like it can, it can kind of, you something's always lurking in the back of my head of like, well, another shoe is going to drop here. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So that's kind of where I am with bones and all. Yeah. You know, it's not super, I'm not saying you're saying it is, but it's not yeah. super, it's more of this, like this surreal quality and certainly a stylization that's coming through to this. Cause this mm -hmm. exists in a world where 
these people are out there and you know the obviously you know the movie's presenting what it is and it's not shying away from the kind of the gore factor that comes with cannibalism although it holds back in some ways like the opening i think gets about as disturbing as it can as far as Intense, what you're what, yeah. what it what it's preparing you to see but it never really delves too deeply into the actual like uh process <laughs> too much beyond implication and mm-hmm. some sites and what have you but in, in saying that it's you know while it's showing you this obviously it could serve as a number of metaphors for any number of things as far as like what what this what the what the cannibalism could be a stand-in for as far as messaging goes with, with, with all that in mind like there's a lot that I really like about this film because of the way it approaches what's a pretty absurd premise with this level of respect and avant-gardeness. You know, I look at Luca Guarnino and, you know, looking at his filmography, you have I Am like from 2009 to now, you have I Am Love, A Bigger Splash, Call Me By Your Name, Suspiria, and Bones and All. Uh, in between those, he does like a lot of documentaries, but in terms mm-hmm. of his like feature films, he's quietly having like a pretty terrific run in my eyes as a director. Like he's really knocking things out as far as making interesting, uh, unique films that I think are all very good in Mm -hmm. different ways. And this is just no different to me. What I like here is, you know, my favorite Terrence Malick film has been Badlands, his first movie with uh, Spacek and and, and Martin Sheen. Um, This very much is trying to evoke that among other things um, in obvious ways, as far as being, two people on the run largely set in the kind of american midwest um but i just you know like i i hear you as far as like there is some you know minor grievances i might have here or there or whatnot but i was just really into what this movie set up as far as its kind of visual language goes what these performances are um you know the how it's trying to relate this kind of impulse and or thirst what have you they have for a certain kind of thing and what they're willing to do to deal with it and what they're willing what they're not willing to do to deal with it and how they explore the you know the guilt that they feel over things or mm-hmm. the issues they have in their process for like there's like a lot of this stuff that just contributes to how do you set up a movie like this and make it feel either relatable or have you feel empathetic for the characters or what have you like that just all came together really well for me. Sure. Uh, where I was just taken in by this world and, you know, for a two hour movie. Yeah, I do agree. It's a little long, but I was also just invested. Mm-hmm. Um, what certainly helps is that these, the three main performances are all very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Taylor Russell, who she was in waves a few years back and then she's has her own franchise with the escape room series, which is, you know, very oh, fun. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, she's very good here as like the, you know, ostensibly the lead character of the film right um the the way that she's you know kind of naive to her own abilities compared to the other characters we meet i appreciated that the film gave us this kind of audience surrogate that we just can't necessarily stand quite behind because she's you know eating people it's just it's <laughs> tricky and yet you have so casually that, <laughs> but yet you like have a character that makes it work and yep. then and then eventually timothy chalamet joins in um and I like that he is this like <laughs> he he feels I, I don't know what the best way to phrase it, except like he feels like a poser <laughs> in some ways. And, like there's this <laughs> like there's an assuredness to him, yet he also seems like he's using that to hide uh, himself in sure. various ways. And the way that those two combine and, you know, bond based on, I think, right. you know, insecurities and what have you really helps the film. Yeah. And then 
<laughs> and I, I, I want to hear more of what you have to say. But and then yeah. Mark Rylance jumps in, uh, and is just great here <laughs> playing yeah. this like creepy guy who has this kind of childlike um, fascination with Marin's character that was the only way I could really take it because he's like a grown man yet like his whole attitude to everything feels like someone that never progressed beyond, you know, first grade understanding of things. Weird. And it's like, okay. That makes him is, even it, creepier. Yeah. It does. Cause he's yeah. very, he should be creepy in a yeah. movie about fucking cannibals. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's creepy to begin with. So that it's like, how do you up the stakes on that? Well, have Mark Rylance play this weirdo. That's a way to do it. Like, so it's who's the weirdest yeah. guy you've seen on screen lately? Uh, you know this guy named Mark Rylance. He was in a that Sky's Falling movie. Plays a weirdo. <laughs> Hire him. So yeah, like the you know the, that the the and there's other things that we'll get into. But yeah, I just I you know despite like the the notion of well this is weird. I still thought the movie, like, the Guadagnino seems to know what he's doing as far as making a cannibal road trip movie. Yeah, and that's the thing, is, like, I, I had no problem with the premise, and I, again, I definitely agree with you on these three, this trio. There's even, like, some some um, side characters, cameo There's some characters. solid side characters, yeah. Yeah, where I was just like, this is a really good performance by, you know, Michael Stuhlbarg is in this movie. It's like, this is a really good performance by Michael Stuhlbarg, who's, who's never turned into bad performance. Mm-hmm. But when you see what he's up to, and you're just like, yeah, there's, like, some some uneasiness and maybe like some ick factor to some of this. But... You look at, you look at him here and then you look at him at like call me by your name or a serious man. And it's like, this guy is just great as a character. Yeah. actor. Like he is so good at embodying entirely different people from people he's played already. Yeah. And like so I, wa- I... I watched, uh, I watched shape of water again recently and it was like, Oh yeah, he's in this. He's and the he's scientist. Wonderful... Yeah. yeah. It's like, he's great yeah. next yeah. next to him, by the way, I, cause I couldn't place him for the longest time, but it's like his friend that's with him. That's uh-huh. director, David Gordon green. I was like, wondering. Oh <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, that guy looks familiar, but he's got a mustache and like, I can't really place mm-hmm. him. But yeah. um, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I was like, oh, that's, that is David Gordon green. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was gonna say like the, the center focus of, of Lee and Marin's characters um, as they're exploring and, and going through their, trials and tribulations and what have you uh is very affecting and you know there's really good cinematography in this movie um in some scenes as well um which really helps the storytelling and again like if mark rylance is like you know he's he's pulling up and like throwing 90 like chalamet is throwing like 95 and then taylor who i haven't really seen a whole lot of she's like matching uh to some degree chalamet although i think chalamet is still a stronger actor um just based on like particularly one scene where they're they're in like the plain states and they're they're having like a discussion about his past. Um I was like, oh, Chalamet is like definitely like one of the best actors of our generation or of his he, generation. He has, this, he has this like less is more approach with his character, which helps because yeah. he's not the lead, so he can kind right. of and he, yes, he does have this kind of he's at this acting level where yeah, it seems like he just gets it. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of like, you know, nonverbal acting from him that is is really, really good as well. But again, uh, the the combination of the three, it really works out. And they're not always on the screen together. But um, yeah, and that's that's the stuff that really drove me. And not to say that I was bored by the other stuff because I think there's some really interesting explanations that they give. Um, I mean, this, this movie is based on a book, uh, so I'm sure that they, there's a lot to explore. But you mentioned like the metaphor thing, but something that that Chalamet's character says to Marin um, when they're in Minnesota at one point, um, he's like, hey, you know, you're you're looking at me and you're seeing, you know, basically uh, the other parts of what you had not seen before. And I'm also doing the same thing. And I think we're both scared or something like that. And I was like, this is 
an interesting dialogue between these two characters that are still finding themselves. And um, I think that's why it ultimately, uh, when it, where it gets to in the third act, um, it does become a little bit more of a, a like a somber movie uh, about uh, what this all means and, and what they were trying to achieve and perhaps the things that are disrupting their lives uh, in trying to achieve uh, peace, happiness, you know, uh, that, that does drive it. So, yeah, well, I that's, mean, uh-huh. I was gonna say that's why like it so easily evokes something like Badlands or Bonnie and Clyde as sure. far as these kind of movies where you have two characters that are find a kinship in someone that sees what they see, but there's also this kind of underlying feeling that it can't last forever, um, and you have them dealing with like this kind of existential threat uh, as far as we are characters that are seemingly not long for this world um but so we'll make the most of it and you know but when we're apart we have to deal with you know self-loathing and loneliness and what have you like there's just interesting layers to explore there all of that while it's set around the idea of cannibalism once again it's just like okay this is a you know but i mean the movie is inherently more interesting just by being a kind of genre film as opposed to being like you know it's being it's about AIDS or it's about you know, sure. whatever. Like it just you know it's it has its own way to track these things. And again, by doing so without kind of being an you know an, an exploitation film version of this, it works because Guadagnino gets how to do this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that w- I I probably would have been turned off more if it was exploitation film esque. Um, I have a question for you just during the time period. Did you dig the time period that they're in? Uh, obviously, it's probably based on that in the book, but also, you know, you've seen movies where they fast forward and, and move things to present day. Um, but I'm curious your take on that. Um, I dug everything about the 80s setting except for Lee's um, Ash and Wash Holy Jeans. Um, that's a, <laughs> just that I like, I just... Is that more of a modern thing? thing? Well, no, it's more of, for one thing, it just doesn't seem practical to me to have yeah. jeans with like that many it holes in them. quite cold. But yeah, but also like Lee's like his legs are so skinny. <laughs> it's like what do you what are we doing here, guy? Like what I mean, Chalamet is shirtless a lot in this movie, so yeah, he's he's a pretty slim guy. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> get some different pants. Like, this, this, no one's no one's being held here. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, but no, ter- but ways. but uh, seriously, yeah. In terms of the setting, um, once again, as we talked about something. Oh, Bans- Banshees of Inisherin. You know, having these kinds of settings allows you to minimalize so much of what you have to be able to sure. account for in the film like this. So yeah, there's no, you know, it basically, it, you know, generally comes down to, there's no phones, right. uh, which yeah. I mean, it's silly. To, it can seem silly to say, but also it matters. Like, it, you know, by having it set in the eighties, it means it limits you to do certain things that you could do today. So yeah, there's that going for it. Plus just like, it gives it this kind of, it's weird because the 80s is, a, you know, we, we don't think of the 80s as that long ago, but it's a while ago now. 30, 40 point. years ago, yeah. Yeah, so it gives it this kind of extra sense of atmosphere by having it placed in a you know set like this where you have, like, you know, old trucks right. and things like this. Like, it just gives it a different kind of feel. Yeah, I, I certainly... How about you? I dug that it was in this time period, mostly from what you described there, um, because some of the actions that they have to do in this movie... I was thinking to myself, well, it probably really wouldn't work in if it was set in 2022 or even like the early 2000s or or what have you because of the advent of technology, right? You know, there are certainly uh, some gnarly things that happen, uh, and it's difficult to to pull that stuff off if you have cell phones or if you have uh, closed circuit 
security cameras or, or what have you. And it's so, like a, a character like Sully wouldn't be able to exist in the modern world. Like it is, he just he he would he would I, I could see him existing, but it's almost like what we talked about last week with like Rebecca the Hat. I mean, or Rebecca Ferguson, Rose the Hat, yeah. Rose the Hat, yeah. Where it's like you could basically just live off grid. Like you you are like the Michael yeah. Stewart character. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Just like you yeah. know, out there. But even then, like there's. Um, like his creep, his creep level factor is increased because of how what he's able to do in this movie, and you're mm-hmm. just like that's weird because um, there's no GPS or what have you at the time yet. So I thought it was a it was it was it was well done and and I guess pretty thought out of just uh, what they have to do and and how this um, all pans out for these folks. From a technical level, I think this movie's pretty you know, great as well. It's, it's, a, it's a very well shot movie. Oh, yes, I mean, I agree. this movie looks really uses the, you know, the Midwestern settings really well. It has a lot of, uh, you know, depending on what character you're following, it's not uncommon, but like, you know, it changes color palettes. So you have this kind of warmth that comes with the scenes with Lee and Marin together and whatnot. And then you get this, you know, creepy, silvery, dark blue vibe when it comes to Sully stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. again, that's, very common in so many films but it just when you have a film like this that's set so much in like the you know the outdoors and the planes and things like that just it gives it 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 feels interesting to look at um yeah and then you have trent reznor and atticus ross doing the score i mean there's just like all these like elements to bring bring together (laughs) to Mm -hmm. make this thing you know uh, very as palatable as it can be given the subject matter we're dealing with and it's like yeah it's (laughs) this is this is how you make the romantic cannibal movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that it is a, a great summation. <laughs> that is how you make a romantic cannibal movie. Is there a romantic also... cannibal movie that comes to mind? <laughs> uh, I mean, I can call to mind plenty of zombie movies, but um, I, there... I'd accept that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is plenty of romantic comedies with zombies at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, Warm Bodies comes to mind, but obviously, sure. um, P- Peter Jackson's Dead Alive and Shaun of the Dead and what have you. Okay. Um, yeah. But Warm Body is the one where like the character is literally a zombie. So that's that's why it, uh, <laughs> he becomes human yeah. again. Yeah. So, um, uh, but the the other thing I was gonna say the you know like it the film it doesn't like excuse the actions that they take, but it still has a way of being like morally indifferent about yes. everything. Well, um, yeah. Like no, the characters certainly reflect on what they're right. doing, but the the film is not there to judge them. The film is just presenting them as they are. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Which is uh, again deals with kind of the fact that you know you can sub in cannibalism for a number of things, right? Like so, it's I I like that the film has this kind of you know it wants to present this to you and just you know let you judge. <laughs> the kind of the choices that they make, yeah. and I, I agree because I think that the if you were going to go different, I probably would have maybe disagreed a little bit. But yeah, I agree that the film isn't saying what they're doing is bad. It's actually just more of uh, the way that I I kind of viewed it is it just is for them, and because we are they are the vehicles that are uh, taking us on this journey. I'm just going along with it. But again, there's shades of it, right? So there's mm-hmm. some people that are, are sketchy. There's people that are less sketchy. There's some people that are um, helpful and informative, but also there's people that are lost just like you um, or maybe have have come to grips and to peace with what they have um, or people that have just gone insane because of, of what um, has happened, right? So um, it is, uh, it just is, 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 uh, 
my agreement with you. Um, I have a question here for you. Sure. Uh, so people might be a little bit squeamish, and I said jokingly earlier that I was, but um, what do you think of the 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 blood levels, gore levels, brutality, whatever? How would you characterize it, and what did you think of it? Because I didn't think that it was one that you know people should be afraid to go see. I would agree with you mainly because I championed you seeing this movie so we could talk about it at some point. Uh-huh. So, and I know you well enough to think, well, I think you can handle this. So I, I mean, it's a Luca Guardino movie. I don't think that it would have been like, Oh, there's going to be gallons of blood on the screen. Well, I mean, his last movie, Suspiria, Suspiria. does literally have gallons <laughs> of blood on the screen. So, you know, I walked into, th- I walked into this, not knowing what to expect. Sure. It's about, you know, it's like, Bones at all, cannibals from the director of Suspiria, but also the director of Call Me by Your Name. <laughs> like, your what? Name. What's the what? What's the level of of, uh, of uh, gruesomeness I'm going to get out of this? Sure. It could be extreme, it could be not. So I like that it does. What well, it's funny because like it, yeah, it opens with a a you know a scene where Marin does you know feasts upon something, mm-hmm. and it's handled in a way that's supposed to be surprising and shocking and you know disturbing. And at that point, I do like the film basically kept me on my toes because I don't I didn't know where to go from there, even with reading like the rating for this film that says, you know, violent images, gruesome image or whatever. Yeah, it's like, okay, so we got that done by the time we get through all of this. Yes. Like I mentioned earlier, it never really exceeds that level. Right. And like that seems like there's other scenes that are at that level, but it never really seems to go further than what we're presented with that first time around. Sure. So in that regard. Yes, there's some stuff that, and and also because you know, just the subject in general just might make some people uncomfortable, which is understandable. Right. You know, I. It, it's certainly not the goriest thing by any means that you'll ever see. Yeah. It's not even that particularly gory to begin with. It's just more of there's a lot more implication. Than there is actual stuff. Yeah. Um. So it's like, I mean, if you're an adult, <laughs> like you can, you can handle this movie. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, here's here's my yeah. here's a question I have. So we do have like a main journey that Lee and Marin are going on, like a goal that they have. Yes. Did you appreciate like what you get from that by the time they achieve at least part of it? I think in large part you talked about this visually, you know, some of the technical things. I, I was intrigued by the the states on the screen. Um and then as far as like the journey goes, it I think what helps out with that is that you have this this tape from Andre Holland, who he leaves uh, for Marin to listen to. And that invests you in some of it. But then as you go along here, there is a, not a self-realization, but there is a a realization from one of the characters um, that helps you achieve a a sense of understanding of uh, perhaps maybe if the end goal wasn't what you wanted, you understand who you are better as a person now. So it wasn't, I did I did like that aspect of it. And I, I know agree. that I was like yeah. using a ton of like vagueness there, but yeah. no, I hear you. And I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I I will say like I, I was surprised by the nature of a character we meet <laughs> in a, in a okay. way that I did not expect. Um but also still appreciated the brief period of time spent with them. Okay. Um as a way to basically complicate things further for one of our characters right uh god this is so big uh, i know but, yeah, uh, i was, I was gonna be like are you talking about a house or at a hospital but i think you're talking about a hospital, hospital is what i'm yeah. talking i'm talking about the hospital yes yeah, yeah. and uh so yeah like i i guess i just like that it kind of kept me on my toes in that way again like i just i didn't know what the 
ultimate outcome of a story like this is going to be. Sure. And so in return, I just have to focus on, well, what are these, what are these characters going through? And I enjoyed figuring that out. Yeah. I, I thought it, you know, it's not a, it's not a mystery film by any means. It's no. You know, it's and a, I think in large part, what I was sort of echoing earlier in just a summation is there's, there's character growth. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what helps out with it because if there wasn't that, then it just becomes this, um, it's almost like this cycle of just when's Mark Rylance going to show back up. Uh, but otherwise, like it is, uh, you know, you have some some closure from Marin's character and then you have maybe some uh, some closure from Lee's character as well. And they try and work things out because I like that she presents a question. Marin's character presents a question in this movie uh, or maybe not even a question, but just more of a, a fork in the road, a statement type of thing. I'm just like you can choose what life you want to have um, and it's kind of just up to you. And, and I'm going to choose this life which uh leads her down a different pathway uh before they converge again toward the the end of the movie but yeah i i'd like that there's you know character arcs i guess not that there's anything necessarily controversial about it but i like that this film just kind of come opened and everyone's like yeah that exists (laughs) i can see i can see a version of this where you know it's like how dare they present a movie about cannibals on the on the road in love together that's so wild and i was like i mean i mean you know, you've seen other movie, movies that are about, about the, cannibals. you know yeah. movie about sally hawkins having you know love with the fish monster one yeah. picture you know, <laughs> have you seen her daily routine it's very it's very uh rated r uh, i would also uh, want to ask you about so i was talking about the rules earlier and i was curious around um like this they have this perhaps this heightened ability to smell, but I don't know if that's real. Uh, What did you think of some of these rules uh, for this movie? I mean, I think as far as the ability, their, their abilities go, I, I, it seems like the, the ability to smell differently is the only real like thing they have that makes them, I don't know, otherworldly to some degree, but I don't Mm -hmm. even think that's actually supernatural. Just think it's, in the logic of this world, they're, you know, however they've evolved differently, mm-hmm. you know, in this, in what apparently Zuko Guadagnino's X Men movie. Um, <laughs> what is, you know, that. Don't give him any ideas. A, it's just a matter of the, there's a consistency there in the form of these people all do this thing. And one of the ways they know how to do it is because they have a, a heightened sense of smell. Right. Um, and it's a matter of just focusing and knowing how to flex that muscle, essentially. Um, yeah. Outside of that, it comes down to yes, the certain levels of decorum uh, that they have when um, utilizing set abilities and mm-hmm. like what they, how they perceive uh, to uh, be the person they want to be. Where Sully is someone that, while creepy, has his own code. Right, he, you know, an eater never right. eats another eater. He says, and yeah. you know, he and he looks for people that are you know, on the verge of death, essentially, which is what, and that's, you know, something that Marin and Lee certainly want to uphold, but at the same time have difficulties trying to to figure that out in their own ways, right? So it's, it's, you know, I, I think the movie has a logic to itself that I could understand. And, you know, if if it needed to like write out everything, I I feel like it knows how it could do that. Yeah. Now I want to ask you a hypothetical question here. Um, Michael Morbius comes into this movie and he's able to give them, you know, not real human flesh, but you know, plasma human flesh. Do they accept? Like he's he's basically able to meet, make um uh veggie patties or you know yeah. 
Um, yeah, he he makes a substitute. For, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do do these people accept Michael Morbius's uh, newfound uh, meat substitute? No, I think they try to eat Morbius. <laughs> um, I no, because I think it's it's beyond just the you know the sustenance factor because mm-hmm. uh, they can clearly they clear they can clearly eat food right they can eat right. regular food just like anybody else they can eat people food <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and drink coffee and do normal uh-huh. human routines yeah there's something i want to say spiritual but there's something that's you know greater than just the the you know the what they're taking in from a you know a nutrient perspective or whatever you want to call uh-huh. it right i think there's something else there that's driving them okay um, that this you know some some cerebral impulse that's going on there got it okay so it's going to be a 28 years later type situation when humans are involved yeah oh, yeah mm-hmm. okay any other questions you had about uh <laughs> i mean it's a little more hypothetical spoiler- any yeah. more hypotheticals you want to propose to me? <laughs> I mean, the hypotheticals are always there. I'm just like, hey, by the way, you know, what happens when, uh, uh, or the hypothetical would have been like, he's at this lake for a little bit. Like, what happens at that lake? It seems like he's just having a feast, but that's that's besides the point. But no, yeah, yeah, I, you, I, I'm good. Did you, did you feel that Russell and Chalamet had good chemistry? I did. I was also going to give uh, Taylor Russell um, the coveted uh, out and out there in the name. Um, it's not uh, crying award, uh, so yeah, good. <laughs> not it looked real. <laughs> it looked pretty real. Um, she looked embarrassed at one point, but uh, yeah, I think that they had really good chemistry. Again, in like fields or uh, when they're when they're talking to each other, like not to say that it was off. Um, whenever they they had discussions about other things that were related to their cannibalism or about uh, anything else, but just it. it you can certainly um, get a vibe check when they are just the camera works in a way that allows them to just emote on the screen. And you're like, okay, yeah, I could see that this felt like it was real, especially like toward the, toward the end there in the third act when things are a little more stable um, and things are a little bit more just quote unquote ordinary. Uh, that's where it's like, yeah, I it seems like a, an everyday uh, a couple here. Hmm. I would Did agree there largely because like I, because yeah. I, I cared about this being upset. Like I, I, oh, I didn't, no. I didn't want things to be, you know, I didn't want this new status quo to be upset in some way. Right. All right. Well, uh, Bones and All is uh, currently playing in theaters as well. When should people go and see this movie? Yeah, I like this a little bit more. So I would say that this is like a dollar theater uh, rating. That's fair. I could agree with you. Like I like this movie quite a bit, but I could also say like the. The notion of racing out to go and see this movie is, I, I feel, one would be less inclined to do, but I wouldn't not recommend, like, you know, checking it out when yeah. there's an availability at, at play there. Because I do yeah. think it's. I mean, again, my, my, my things are a little bit more of some of the story elements were a little bit not difficult to follow, but they just weren't all there. And then, um, like, the length is a little bit of it, too. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's been our review of Bones. <laughs> all right. Well, we did it all. <laughs> Um, do you feel like a different person after doing Bones and All? Because you know, there's pre Bones and All, and then there's post Bones and All. We'll we'll save that for when we talk about Cocaine Bear. Oh, because okay. um, <laughs> there's pre Cocaine Bear and post Cocaine Bear. <laughs> um, but that that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for this uh, this bonus episode about Arthur and Ape. Uh, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecozyk.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm on We We Live Entertainment, writing movie reviews, and Why So Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Abe? 
You can find more of our stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua and twitter.com slash moose. Hashtag, that'd be $49, please. <laughs> uh, our podcast, Out Now with Internet Abe, is available everywhere you can find podcasts, including iTunes, where you can give us a rating and review. or on all the social medias as well. Feel free to follow us along there. Yeah. We're on the uh, Google machine. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but that is going to do it. Uh, here next time on the show, we still have some movies that we want to make sure to give some live service to. Uh, there's a Strange World has arrived. Violet uh, Night. Violet Night came out. And of course, um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio comes on Ooh. Netflix uh, this coming week. And we'll certainly give a lot of time to that yeah. uh, film in some capacity. So stay tuned because there's a lot of movies out there. We want to talk about as many as we can. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye.